romantic truth where you think Don't forget that you can stream and listen to both the Romantic Truth podcast and Jossan's music on Apple, Amazon, Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and on other platforms. Gracias por escuchar La Verdad Romántica en Las Vegas con House and su anfitrión. Advisory. The content of this show is designed for listeners ages 18 and older due to the adult nature of topics and conversation. Welcome listeners to the Romantic Truth podcast from Las Vegas. I'm M. Hollister-Graves from the United Kingdom, and please allow me to introduce your host, Jowson. Hi everyone, Jowson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. I hope everybody's doing well today. I know I am. We're keeping it real once again. All right, what we're going to talk about in this segment in particular, some of you ladies have encountered men that don't share their feelings. Now, there are several reasons why this occurs. One of them, of course, is the fact that men perceive this as a weakness. Emotions, feelings, those kind of things shouldn't be shared. Keep the stiff upper lip and take it like a man. But where does this come from? It comes from a false sense of security, a false sense of manliness, a false sense that has been pervaded throughout the centuries that really doesn't exist. It's a construct of masculinity that really doesn't make any sense. You know, you have this phobia of being weak, of some of the feminine characteristics in men, they try to repress those because after all, they want to be the man. This is how many men lose their women. And they don't understand why. Why is she divorcing me? Why is she leaving me? It's because of the fact that following this narrative leads to nowhere. Because, see, here's the thing. Women can sniff out an insecure man. You could be as macho as you want to. You could have the 4x4, the rifle rack in the back of the truck, the Confederate flag waving off the back of it. You could have all of that bullshit, all the props. What they actually look at is the man. A lot of men would like to be feared because they look at fear as respect and this is where a lot of them get it wrong and the reason why they get it wrong in this way is because what you're going to have are people thinking about subversive tactics in order to get around you and then to get away from you I see once people see that you are insecure in that realm they're going to pull back. You know, the guy that actually becomes a tough guy because he gets a gun or a knife. But without that, he talks big, but he doesn't feel as though he's respected. Now, I had several friends years ago. Oh, they 
joined these gangs in Los Angeles. Thought they were tough shit. Until they got locked up. All of that went away. When they were free and they were able to put this persona on people that weren't in gangs and that kind of thing, they had that pride of being feared by someone, being respected by someone as they thought. It wasn't respect. It was faith. Because see, what happens with people, they patronize you when you're trying to be something you're not. You don't come out the womb being a gangster. This is something that's developed. And many of these young men go out, try to be Mr. Tough Guy, and wind up getting locked up. And when they get locked up, they realize they're running into people that are tougher than they are. And many of those people that they run into that are tougher than they are, they don't have all the props. They don't have all the bullshit. They don't have all the talk. Many of them are low-key, laid back, and will take you out like you're nothing. But see, as men, we're taught to not show fear. I'm going to tell you, when I was in the Marine Corps, and we'd have drills sometimes where they'd bend wall lockers together, have us go out, process our paperwork for the next to can, start handing out live ammo, breaking us down in sticks. We're getting ready to get deployed. We don't know where the hell we're going. They put guards on the phone and on the damn po- uh, post office boxes. So we couldn't communicate. So we didn't know where we were going and we knew we were serious. Now here's the thing. I didn't want to be around anybody that wasn't scared. The reason being, I know there's a good chance we'll make it. Because that person wants to live. Many of the guys that would talk all that macho shit about, you know, I used to be in this and I used to do this and I used to do that. Those were the very guys that were crying. Those were the very guys that talked about they didn't want to go. Those were the very guys that would talk shit. And now all of a sudden, they're basically retracting everything they said, trying to call their mom and talking about they want to get out of the service and all of this stuff. And then you start to see who can crack. And once you saw that, you know, okay, I'm not depending on this fucking firefighter. We're just going to have to watch him. But yet, prior to, oh, they're talking all the macho shit. It used to crack me up some of these guys that would talk about, oh, I'm in so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Yeah, whatever. Save the testosterone high for some people that really want to hear that shit. And guys, some of you think that this is appealing to women. It's not. The woman that likes a guy like that, she doesn't make decisions for herself. She lets a man make it. He controls her life. And the reason why she wants it that way is because she doesn't have to be responsible or accountable or do shit. The only thing she has to do is cook and fuck and vote the way you want her to vote. And what happens? Just like with women that has a man that's a pushover, 
men do the same thing with women. You lose the respect. So if she tells you no on anything, you don't take it as rejection. You take it as disrespect. She speaks up for herself. That disrespect. Oh, you, you're a feminist now because you actually spoke up because you didn't agree with me. This is the reason why the women that many of these guys go for don't want them and these guys wind up in the MGTOW movement or they wind up being some misogynist asshole because of that. Nobody wants an extremist on either side. Extremists have to stick with their own. A moderate doesn't want that shit. And definitely somebody on the other side. It's the same thing, fellas, with feminists. Many of them are like that. They hate men, some of them. And everything has to have a feminist twist on it. One thing that Hillary Clinton didn't realize when she was running for president, she had too much of a feminist persona when it came down to her campaign. It was way, it was, it was as if to say, we don't need the men, we just need the women to get me in office. And she paid the price for that. Because for one thing, those people that supported Obama, a lot of them didn't go out to vote. The black folks didn't feel as though they were reached out to, nor did some of the Hispanics. And so many of them stayed at home. And then some of the black men actually voted for Trump in protest. These women didn't come to us. And then when she thought that the only thing she had to do was win New York and California, and that was it, and maybe fight over Florida, it was over. It was over. You look at what's happening now as an example. Many of the people on the right, that one-third of the population, they're sticking by tradition. They're sticking by the Bible. Man in charge, woman follows. And a lot of those women really wish that they could come into their own, but many of them have written themselves off because, well, I've been married so long in this situation, I guess I'm going to have to live with it. I read the woman's email years ago, back in 2020. The one that was divorcing her husband because he was misogynist. And the teenage daughters got the divorce papers for her mother to fill out because her husband had gone from being a moderate to a total Trump supporter. And he started looking at his wife and his daughters as the enemy. And the wife had voted as the husband told her to vote for years. And the daughters were like, okay, we had enough of dad. Dad has to go. 
and she was at a crossroads because she was so conditioned to think that, hey, I don't deserve a voice in my marriage. He speaks for me. He's protecting me. That's because she was groomed that way. That's the way she grew up. So that's the way she believes. But there's a lot of insecurity in people that go to extremes. And the reason for that is they feel as though they're disenfranchised. Nobody wants them. They feel as though the world's against them. The the odds are stacked against them. And Donald Trump tapped into that demographic, that white demographic that feels sorry for themselves. Every group has a leader of some sort that sees the vacuum of leadership with people who feel sorry for themselves. What do you think some of these prosperity ministers do? Again, those people that feel downtrodden because they've always been poor, family's been poor, and as they see it, they got it, they're putting in a Rolls Royce and a 40,000 square foot house. He's their savior. He's the human personification of redemption. Just like they look at Trump right now. And Trump can give a fuck less about these people. Just like some of these prosperity ministers could care less. You join a church with a 10,000 person congregation. And that pastor doesn't even sit down with anyone unless you're contributing some big money to that church. And then when he does, he's only going to have a few minutes with you, if that. But now you come to him about all of the things that are going on and that you're missing in your soul and your life. And he's coming to you telling you that uh, he wants that new Gulfstream that he saw. He needs a new Learjet. He needs to buy some property in California. And you know, they always have a building fund about that new church they were going to build. And they always have the architectural drawing in the foyer as you come into the church. And many of you have never seen that church built. You have watched generations of people die. They may update the drawing. They may even have a scalable campus of where they want to build the church. And all of the things they want, the rec center and all this. Doesn't necessarily mean it has come to fruition. That means that they have a reason to constantly push the cause for more money. Well, you have other churches that are feeding the homeless, seeing the sick. Pastors are going to these places, hospitals, getting sick themselves, being around these people because they're committed to what they do. Those are the people that deserve the big money. Those are the people that deserve acknowledgement for the sacrifices they've made. Pastors going in their pockets, just like the teachers do, to pay for certain utensils and tools that they should not have to pay for. We have to think about these things, folks. And see, another thing, a lot of these women don't realize how they have compromised their lives with some of these men until it's too late. They'll be in their late 40s, mid 40s and realize they had fucked up because they didn't know any better going in. And then eventually they realize 
they become angry because they had missed out on these things. And this is the disconnect because what happens, these women get upset with the man that they were with because they have gotten into a misogynist situation. And so now they're gonna counter it by going the opposite direction. And so after the divorce, what do you have? Two angry extremists. She's pissed off at men because of the man she chose and didn't understand when she did that. She's mad at the whole nomenclature of her development. From her parents grooming her for that kind of life, also from the man she chose for that kind of life. The time she missed out in growing and developing where she could find out who she is and what she loves and what she dislikes. I know, I used to date those women. I don't want a relationship. I never had a chance to make my own choice. Live, and you, I hope you're not one of these men that's just gonna control me. I'm, no, I'm, who fucked you up like that? And it would always be somebody that was misogynist. Never failed. I had misogynist friends. They talk all that shit to the boys at the bar and the club. But when they got with that woman that they thought was better than they were, and they were afraid of losing her, to her beck and call, he came. But see, that woman that's the pushover, the one that's already been groomed and conditioned to be subservient, she's not going to get any respect. Ladies, it's just like with you. That guy that's a pushover that you could walk over, that three o'clock guy that you could ask him at four o'clock in the morning to go find you a pizza in a rural town. That bastard would get in his truck and drive all 30 miles away to find a pizza and then try to wait around while you put it in the microwave to heat it up. You can't respect him and you know damn well you can't. He's sweet, he's lovable, you know damn well he couldn't be your man. Fellas, what women are looking for is a balance in a man. They want him to be sensitive, but they also want him to be responsible and accountable and to keep her accountable. What she doesn't want is a dictatorship because she feels trapped. She feels as though she hadn't grown any. This is when she starts cheating on you. And the thing is, a woman is gonna structure the last thing in the world most women want to do with their man is to cheat on him. But here's the thing, when she does make that decision, trust me, you are light years behind the game because she's waited, she's tried to voice her opinion, she's got to a point where she's shut down now and she's, expecting disrespect from you in the first place. So therefore, after all these milestones are hit for her, and she finds a guy that's listening to her, she finds a guy that she can share her feelings with, she finds a guy that she can envision herself being with, trust me, all of the macho shit you had to do to get to her, this guy doesn't have to do a damn thing. This woman will open her legs, put her arms around his neck, and be with him with very, very little resistance because she's comfortable with him, she's uncomfortable with you. 
And God help you if you're one of these people that can't control your temper. A lot of guys, you know, they go with the domestic violent route. Oh, they're badass when they're around a woman doing that shit until they get locked up and they're begging her while the cops are taking them away. Baby, please unlock me up because we, we got kids and we got this. And that. Ladies, send his ass on. Get you and your kids out of there. Start your life over somewhere else. If he respected you, he would have never yelled at you. He'd never put a hand on you. And same thing for you ladies. You wouldn't do the same thing with the man either if you respected him. You don't get a pass either because you're female. Some of you are in these types of relationships because that's all you know. You haven't been out of that realm. And you think it's normal for a man to beat on a woman because, hell, your mom sat there and was a punching bag for your dad. And you're like, oh, well, let me go in and get my... You need to hold up a minute and look at that shit and see how dysfunctional it is before you get involved. And there are some men that get with women, but they disrespect them openly. I had a friend of mine, his wife told him, shut up, shut up, I'm talking, shut up. Like he was a child. And he'd do just that. I said, you know, you don't have to take that shit from him. And she's like, I can, well, he's my husband. I can talk to him anyway. And I said, you, you both can get the fuck out of my apartment. With that dysfunctional shit. Take your asses to a therapist. Because she thought that being that she's a woman, it was justified. And he would tell me sometimes, man, I feel like just uppercutting and knocking the fuck out of him. I said, don't you touch him. Leave him. That would hurt even worse. Because the thing is, when you leave someone, you've taken away their power. They're powerless over you at that point. Why do you think these guys get so pissed off when the woman leaves? And they will always try to use the kids to get back in. But see, that doesn't mean that the kids are on their side because the kids are witnessing this shit and they're saying, fuck dad. Mom, we don't want to see him. But see, there's another side to that coin too. There's some women that will be mean to men and deliberately play hide and go seek. He's paying the child support. He wants to be with his kids. He wants to love his kids, but he can't because the relationship may not have worked out between the two of them, and therefore she's gonna use the kids as pawns. That's not right either. And there are state laws now in many different states that are proposed to change that shit. Ladies, I'm telling you, days are numbered for those of you who pull that kind of crap. You want the child support money, but you don't want him around his children. Now, if he's not a threat to him or anything like that, and he really loves his kids and wants to be with them, they should always have a relationship with their father. That's incumbent. And I admire any woman 
who tells their children and tells the father, your dad's a good man, but we couldn't get along. But I want you to respect him as your father and love him as your father. Our relationship is irrelevant to your relationship with him, provided that he's a good father. In other words, not to poison these kids' minds against their father. Even when my mother and father divorced, they cried like babies in front of me. I started crying because they were crying. My dad was older. He was disabled. And he thought he was a burden on my mother, who was younger. And my mother kept telling him, don't worry about your age. Don't worry about your disability. I love you as you are. And he wasn't confident enough in that. And I thought, damn, I'm probably not gonna see my dad for a while. I saw my dad more after the divorce than even when I was there when all three of us were together. And the shit was crazy because my dad made every effort to keep in touch with me, to see me. And I appreciated that. She never once said a bad word about my father and he never once said a bad word about her. Because it looked out for me. So I never had that bias against one parent against the other. I had mutual respect for both. Sometimes you allow a relationship to get in the way of the progressive growth of the child. And you can't do that. If neither parent is an inherent danger to the child, Even though the relationship didn't work, you guys can still rear this child together. You can still co-parent. You can still co-parent. Now, what was the lesson I learned from my father? Self-pity. Tearing yourself down doesn't do anything for you. It takes away, you could throw away opportunities that will work to your benefit if you allow yourself to get down that spiral of depression. And that's the problem with a lot of people on these extreme fringes. They've thrown some of the opportunities away that could have pulled them out of the way they feel about themselves. They don't see it. So they take a simplistic view of life and they stick with it. Well, I don't like people of other races. So I'm going to stick with that because now I don't have to think. Somebody's thinking for me. Other people that believe that way and therefore this is the way I am. That's the way some people go with life. Many times they go with a feeling. 
more so than logic. Now, the other thing too. Some of you ladies think it's romantic for the guy to be chivalrous and all this, and you think that, oh, because he's doing all these things and hitting all the buttons, that he's a good man. A lot of women have been fooled and beguiled by this. I was watching a show on the Discovery Channel a while back about this lady that lived here in Vegas that was a real estate person, very successful. And uh, what had happened to this lady, unfortunately? She met a guy on Match.com. Initially, he seemed to be an okay guy. And then she started noticing certain things. And he started getting to a point where he was lying to her, exaggerating about things that weren't true, about people that he knew that was in the sports field that she had connections with friends. And this is where your constituency of friends are vital. If they pick up something negative about a person, they're gonna let you know it, especially you ladies. And see, once the guy has been found out, the first thing he's gonna try to do is to isolate you away from your friends. Don't ever allow that to happen. You should never be isolated. Whether you're a man or a woman, you should never be isolated from your friends and family. Your support mechanism. That's the first red flag. When they try to do that and they try to discount your friends, you've known your friends and your family longer than you've known this jackass. Same thing for you fellas. When your mom gives you that red flag about she doesn't like this woman, and then the woman comes back and calls you a mama's boy, I want you to take a moment and think about something. Did she call your mama's boy in the initial stages when you guys started talking? No. She started calling your mama's boy because she couldn't get her way. And you don't need to double down on being Mr. Macho and try to beat her ass or anything like that. What you need to do at that point is start opening your ears and listening to your mom. She's true enough got a best interest in you. But here's the thing. She wants you to also get a good start and make a right choice. If this woman is trying to isolate you from your family, nine times out of 10, if she's of childbearing age, don't be surprised she tries to get pregnant. She's gonna try to lock you in financially as much as possible, even if it means fiduciary abuse. In other words, keeping you in debt, getting you guys married, and then running up the credit card bill, running up the debt, because that's a way of entrapping you and then making you out of working Joe. A guy that's gonna work overtime, work several jobs to keep you in perpetual debt in order to keep control of your ass. She won't be able to beat you up or anything like that, but guess what she'll be able to do? She will be able to keep you in financial hell and fear of leaving her because it's gonna cost you too much money. That's eventually what your mom and some of your female friends may say about that situation. Keep an eye on that. There are a lot of men, 
chained to a desk because of that reality. I work with some of those folks. And the guys would say in the break room sometimes, I've been here 20 some odd years paying for a bitch that I can't stand. And you be sitting there and you're like, damn, really? Dude, you came out hard. You, you don't talk like that in, in the workplace. And they start loathing retirement. It's like, they'll be sitting there and they'll say, yeah, I only got a few more years before I retire. Then I'm going to be stuck with her ass all day. I want to find another job so I don't have to even come home. Because they know they have fucked up. When I worked in separation at this one company, where I was in charge of giving them the golden parachute, giving them the presentation, letting them know that, hey, uh, the company appreciated your years of loyalty and service, but you better take this option before they make your position obsolete and you wind up getting fired, laid off. You could take this and get an early retirement. And these people were crying and coming into the office, complaining, cussing me out, calling me all kind of names. But these were very nice people at first. And I was all kind of motherfuckers and I was an N-word and I was this and that. And these were people that had worked there for years. How dare you? I'm not going to let some young ass black man tell me I'm going to lose my job. Who the hell are you? You're nothing but an N-word. Call it as you like, ma'am. And I'd always say, if you're going to disrespect me, disrespect me with respect. Is Mr. N-word, sir, to you? My security was always handy. And then guys would come in. I've been paying for this bitch for God knows 30 years. And she's done nothing but kept me in debt. I got $100,000 in credit card. I got a mortgage. I got this. I got that. I got kids in college. And she's never had to work a day in her life. Well, whose fault is that? But when I first met this person, they were talking about how domineering they were. How much of a man they were. Fellas, ladies, your choice in the partner that you choose. I don't give a damn if you're just going on a date with them. You're exposed to a change that may occur in your life that will alter the course of it in some capacity. You never know. That's the risk you take when it comes down to starting any relationship, even a friendship. You may meet somebody innocently. They may have a target on their back. They may be somebody want to take them out and you don't even know it. So we have to be careful. We have to vet. And not just go with the naive assumption that everybody's on your level. Because they're not. Because you don't know. And your feelings are no indicator. And let me tell you something else. Stop this dumb, stupid-ass sophomore shit about, I looked into his eyes, and he told me that, and when I looked in his eyes, it, a person can lie to you look, at you, look you in the eyes, and tell you the biggest lie you have ever heard before, and you believe it. 
Why do you think the divorce rate is so high? Why do you think people get pissed off after they've bought a lemon? Well, that sales rep, he wasn't your friend. He was a salesman. Just like there's some people out there who are a salesperson selling themselves to people. Lady told me the other day, I wonder why all these men are getting my phone number and calling me. And I asked her one question. I said, did you use your real name on social media? She said, yes. Uh, they, they said it was a requirement. It's not a requirement. They're not any kind of legal or government agency that can make you do that. And if it's their policy for you to have to use your personal information on that site to be on it, they could kick you off. So what? You don't need to use your real name on no shit like that. Because you're being exposed to people you don't know. Let's come up with a derivative, an acronym, or some other form of representation of yourself. Because you don't have to be transparent because they're not transparent with you on what they're going to do with your data and information. They tell you that after the fact. How many people started on Facebook and those platforms back in 2007, 2009, and then now all of a sudden privacy data and concerns come up in the 20s, in 2020 and 2021. So during all that time, you will... These are things you have to think about, folks. Don't have to be paranoid, have to be aware. Paranoia is not going to do nothing but keep you up at night, keep your adrenaline going, and shut your body down. You don't need that shit. You just want to be aware. Now, some women are entertained by the guy that's going to try to impress her. He's going to be the macho man. And let me just give you a little hint about things. In the 1940s going into the 50s, pretty much the rugged rural life was kind of done away with. People were going into the suburbs, and a lot of these men wanted to be kind of rugged and respected because women liked cowboy movies. So in places like Arizona, California, they had dude ranches. The word dude derived from guys who were not cowboys who wanted to be like a cowboy. And when television series like Rawhide came out, when Clint Eastwood was introduced to everyone, and the women thought he was so handsome, these guys flocked to places like that to try to be like them, buying the gear and everything. They wanted to take on that persona of masculinity in order to be respected like the gunslinger in town. And during the 70s, there'd be people that would go into a Clint Eastwood movie and they'd come out, they'd talk about make my day, shit like that. Oh, and they were going out there getting them damn guns they wanted to be feared and respected and they thought that fear and respect derived from being handsome 
and being this macho guy. And of course, later on it became the alpha male bullshit, right? You started seeing all these guys talking they were alpha males. Basing everything on the Lion Kingdom. Without the reality of seeing that most alpha males in the Lion Kingdom only last three to five years. The lioness lived longer than they do. And it's usually a rogue lion that takes them out. The other thing too, just on this alpha male tip for a moment, a true alpha male, true alpha female, they try to preserve their longevity and the way they do it, they don't get in relationships, they don't get married, biggest thing that's important to them is their ego and the downline of people underneath them trying to be like them. That is more important to them than any other human being that could ever come into their lives. They don't have children with women. They don't date single moms. They don't take single moms seriously. They don't, everything associated with them is all about them. They have no room for anyone else. Same thing with alpha females that have this persona. If they choose you to fuck you or something like that, don't consider it an honor because they're only doing it for their own benefit. They can give a tinker's damn whether you die after they screw you. You will never be their lover. You will never be their number one because see, Here's what you have to realize with this whole hierarchy thing. Those beta males, those delta males, those gamma males, those omega males that are all under them. And each of them have a certain characteristic associated with their behavior. The thing is, is this, that beta male is not going to respect an alpha that gets taken out by a woman. Oh, he's no longer an alpha because he's now a family man. They step up to the plate to take his place. Alpha doesn't want to lose that. And many times they're insecure. And their security is their social superiority, their charisma, their ego, their Teflon effect of nothing affecting them. As I told you, I'm a Sigma male. Sigma males and females, we don't give a fuck about none of that shit. We're not intimidated by anybody. The reason being, we look at living life. We have a short time in that dash on our headstone. And we're going to try to use the fuck out of that time without any regrets. That's the distinction. So you can wait in line for an alpha if you want to, ladies. You get caught up in that bullshit if you want to. You're wasting your life. Just telling you. You got those gamma males that are jealous of the alpha. 
and they want to be like him, but they don't have the charisma or the interpersonal skills. You know, like uh, Ron DeSantis. He didn't have the charisma of a Donald Trump. That's the reason why he's a gamma male. He's not even a beta. He wants to be liked, but he's not liked because he's not authentic. He's a clone. Trump is the alpha male in the sense that when you look at the politics of it, what's most important to him? Where he is on top. Now he's married. But in the political sense, he's up there. In the single sense, as far as dating and that kind of thing, mm -mm, he'd be a gamma because he'd have to buy his way in. But in the polit political sense, he's an alpha for sure. Now, here's the thing. When it comes down to you and your relationships, you have to decide on what kind of lifestyle you want with that person kind of interaction you want with that person how you guys are going to communicate all these things are important they're very important another thing too that you're going to have to watch in relationships you got to watch people that are way too emotionally sensitive and I'm not talking about somebody that you know you have to go and offend them in order for them to be sensitive I'm talking about people that are hypersensitive, where they misinterpret or overinterpret things, such as mistakes and those kind of things. You may not want to get involved with a person like that in a relationship because they could very easily use being offended to manipulate you wherever they want you to go. You want somebody that's going to meet you halfway, 50-50. The last thing you need is someone that you got to kowtow to in order to get along with them. And yet, they don't want to sit around and listen to you. They don't want to help you in the relationship. They don't want to go half. Now, you see these people on profile sometimes talking about, they'll put patriot in their profile, looking for a patriot. That's because nobody else wants them. When you have to specify what you want in your profile when it comes to dating, it's not because that's what you're looking for and, oh, everybody needs to get back. It's because nobody wants you but that type of person, and you know that already. And that's the reason why you go for it. I'll admit, I had fucked one Trump supporter back in 2016. But she wasn't all the way there yet. She was getting there. Now, mm -mm, we can't even hold a conversation. Because she's jumped off the deep end. 
But here's the thing that you got to realize. And by the way, she was Caucasian. That's for the record. My dick could never go there again. Nope. No more Trump supporters. I'd never screw another one. But let me tell you. You have to think about the other factor that's involved. How is this person going to impact your life going forward, even if you guys don't make it? You don't know that. But you might want to really think about where it could possibly go. I was just thankful that the woman that I went out with that was a Trump supporter, guess what? She couldn't have any more children, so I didn't have to worry about that. Her own kids didn't want to be around her. And she's the one that contacted me. I didn't contact her. And she had on her profile Patriot. She was looking for a Patriot. I was a veteran. I love this country. But I don't have to label myself a Patriot or a hero or nothing like that. It's kind of funny how those people that don't have an identity sometimes will go and do that. Like the kid that was in his 30s telling his girlfriend who was younger than he was that he was in Vietnam and he was in the CIA and the FBI and all that. And I'm like, shit, just for you to get through the training, talking about he was a Navy SEAL, all this bullshit to this girl. And I'm standing there behind him in line listening to this bullshit, chuckling. And when the cashier, which was an older woman, listened to him, she was about in her 40s, she was just shaking her head, looking at me, just cracking up. Because we knew it was bullshit. These guys will do anything for an identity. These guys are rejects. They're failures. Because the thing is, these are the people that never try to do anything, but want to assume the valor and the glory for it from others. Not a good look. Not a good look. I had a friend of mine years ago. He was a security guard when we were working security. And he said, yeah, man, I'm going to be an LAPD police officer. I said, okay, that's cool. I said, I'm just doing this shit for a paycheck right now. I'm doing something else later. Years later. Hey, man, what happened to... Man, nah, they, they, you know, they, they, they all stuck up and stuff. I'm like, no. What did you apply? No, 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 no. I, I decided, it's like, uh-huh, you talked all that shit and didn't go through with it. When I told everybody I was going in the Marine Corps, everybody thought, yeah, oh, you're not going, you're not going to do it. Well, yes, fuck I am. Went on and did it. Oh, you're not going back to college? Went on and did it. Associate, bachelor's, master's. Went on and did it. It wasn't about proving anything to them. It's about a decision I made that I was going to stick with, a commitment. And let me tell you something. I know a lot of you people get pissed off when the college boy comes in and takes the job and you've been working there for God knows how long. Let me tell you what a lot of these companies look for. They look for something that you can go with no incentive involving the company and do something for four years 
and stick to it. Dedication. And then come to them with that talent and the skill, that expertise and that knowledge. It has a high value to many of them, many of these companies. That's the reason why they come in at a better salary. That's the reason why they come in that way. Doesn't mean that they're better than you. It means that they made more of a commitment that they can see. See, the problem with companies, a lot of times with employees that have been working there for a long time, it's just like with a relationship sometimes where you get into a routine and your expectations are that this person's gonna meet this milestone and after a while you don't worry about them anymore. They're not the new thing in town. And then you meet a new couple and you guys are you know, going to dinner and everything and then you find that you're having more conversations with the person of the opposite sex than the other couple because you're kind of worn out with the person you're with. Kind of comes down to that kind of dynamic. So just be mindful of it. And folks, I want you to have a wonderful experience in your endeavor, whatever it may be. But one thing that I will tell you, the takeaways is this. One, are this. One, look out for insecure people because it can be very volatile. You want someone that can share their feelings. You're not looking for someone that's trying to rehash a past relationship by trying to fight for control. You're not looking for someone that's going to be a dictator unless you're willing to suffer the consequences associated with it, which means you won't have a voice in the relationship. That person's going to make all the decisions. In other words, you might as well go to the military or prison. You get the same result. Just letting you know. Take care. Love you all. We'll talk tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.